We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. You're going to follow me on Twitter. And it's Tuesday, May 9th. And we'll be talking about frequencies today. Oh, are you ready for a math lesson? It's not really a math lesson, right? I'm answering your questions, right? I got some questions in. In the old email, you could send them in questions at theoryofdfs.com. You send them in and I answer them. To, to the best of my ability. And most of the time I'm talking about concepts, right? Because a lot of the questions, remember, remember I said the, 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 the description of a bad question, right? A bad, quote unquote, bad question is one that could be answered with a yes or a no or with an exact number. And a lot of times I get questions that fit that description. And I want, I want to show an example of why Changing your thinking, changing how your brain works when it comes to DFS, when it comes to game theory, any game, 
right? When it comes to probability and statistics, that things cannot necessarily be thought of in terms of black and white, right? It's more in terms of frequency than anything else. So if you train your brain to think in those terms, it opens it opens up the floodgates on building profitable DFS lineups in making profitable sports bets, making, you know, profitable decisions at the poker table, right? So that's what we're going over today. I see the early birds, some early birds in the YouTube chat. You know, always, always join in. You can always join in and talk in the YouTube chat. So don't, don't, don't be, don't be afraid, right? Give me those thummy thumbs. You know, I like those in the morning. Thummy thumbs, thummy thumbs, hit the thummy, thummy thumbs. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell. You'll always know when we go live. Good morning. I see that the, the regulars, the regulars are here. Most of the regulars are here. So what am I talking about when it comes to frequency, right? Right. A lot of people ask what, I get a lot of these questions, okay, that come in. Like we're in we're in baseball season now, so we'll all relate it to MLB DFS. It's like, when would it be? When when would it be? Would it, they at least start with like a like it's not going to be a yes or no answer, but like when would it be better to use a five one 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 lineup over a five three lineup, or uh, what types of slates should I be uh, should I be looking to stack less or what types of what what types of lineups uh should have should I pay up twice at pitcher versus not pay up twice at pitcher you know, like 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 descriptive questions about lineups right because unless unless you have and I I say this in in theory of daily fantasy sports right the 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 fundamentals master class and I say this often in the in the <clears throat> advanced uh players guide it's like there's a difference between blunt methodologies and precise methodologies as a spectrum, right? What's the most bluntest methodology is I think this guy's going to do well. I'm going to play him, right? That, that's the bluntest of methodologies of like not, no no actual analysis of anything. Just like I got a feeling, uh, I got a feeling Salvador Perez is going to hit a home run today. You know, like, okay, based on what? Ah, nothing, nothing other than that's what I think, right? And then maybe you look at some some stats and you go, okay, based on a couple of stats, I think maybe it, it happens today, right? That would be a little a little a little bit more precise. The most precise would be a time machine, obviously, which doesn't exist, right? But more precise methodologies are obviously building your own model, running your own simulations, right? Running contest-based simulations. What the field is like, you're not just uh you're not just determining ownership projecting ownership you're projecting exact lineups that you could be competing against and then running a, a play-by-play simulation of games based on like large data samples and you know like going through all of that and then running millions of simula millions of trials and going through and seeing what the what the roi potential of each lineup is what's the variance of each lineup you know the distribution of how that lineup realizes its expected value, right? You'd look at all of that, and then you'd build a profitable portfolio that balances that balances return versus risk. Like that would be the precise, precise way. And I know, you know Daniel Nerdy Tenors in chat a lot of times here in the morning. 
Like, this is the closest to like that type of methodology. If you don't have the ability to do that, you have to rely on much more blunter methodologies. And the reason why blunter methodologies can still be profitable is because there are tons of people using way more blunter methodologies, right? There are people 20, 30% of the field and a lot of these large field GPPs, especially they're, they're seat of their pants. They're making very fundamental mistakes that destroys a lot of their EV compared to your lineups. So even though you're using a blunt methodology, you're still using a more precise methodology than a lot of the field. And just getting by through heuristics could mean that you're profitable. But you have to determine, you know, what the descriptors of profitable lineups are and how they realize their EV. So a lot of times with blunt methodologies, we're we're rely, we're relying on, well, if X is true, that means 500 of these types of lineups are probably profitable also, right? So we know that the three levers uh, of D, the three levers of DFS for a DFS lineup is projection, leverage, correlation, right? I teach that I teach that in the course. Those are the three basic levers. You're trying to get a good balance of the three when you play GPP. And the balance that you're looking for, right, is dependent on the payout structure and the size of the contest, right? So the smaller the contest, you're probably not giving up as much projection as you would be in a larger contest. And as you give up projection, you should be gaining in correlation and leverage, right? So these levers, you're basically moving these levers going, well, I'm going to play a lineup that's way low projected, so I need to really make it up with correlation and leverage, right? But you could also play a lineup that is fairly high projected as long as, you know, you, you have a, more correlation than the field and enough leverage, maybe that lineup is also profitable. And maybe both lineups have a different profitability curve, like the distribution of their payouts is different, right? In baseball, I can tell you, that the most profitable lineups long-term, most profitable lineups long-term, the highest ROI lineups are lineups on slates. You know, when we get like 80% on Spencer Strider, you know, like those types of slates, five-man stacking on DraftKings against that pitcher are the most profitable lineups, that describe the most profitable lineups. The problem though, quote-unquote the problem, is that, their EV realization distribution is really skewed, is really skewed. You get you get payouts like all the way here, like a fraction of a time where you can win-win or you're like, you're not even close to cash, like most of the time, right? So in order to play a lot of those lineups, you're going to need a much bigger bankroll because the swings are going to be, you're going to be losing a lot. You're going to be losing a lot, 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 and then, Hopefully, hopefully one of those times you come in the top 10 or something, right? And then if you come in eighth and not fifth, maybe you're not even profitable, right? Like it's that high variance. Those are the most profitable lineups, right? That I'm describing because those are the lineups that there's so much leverage available that simply playing, you know, the 1% owned stack against the 80% owned pitcher and then just jamming in whatever the highest projected players everywhere else to some extent, right? And there's tons of combinations of that. We'll produce, if we ran this out a million times, the highest profit. 
Unfortunately, you're probably not going to. If, if you only do that, you got to hope that you realize that EV before you go broke, right? So even though those are the highest ROI lineups, they're not necessarily like, you. I wouldn't want to rely on just playing those. And then you take a look at some lineups that look like they don't have that much leverage at all, right? You look and you go, okay, it's kind of, it's mostly chalky. And you go, I don't, the projection is is decent, right? It's not, it's not the highest projected, but it's fairly owned and it's somewhat correlated. It doesn't even have that much correlation. You go, okay, this is a profitable lineup also. And you go, well, how is that possible? It's like, well, it based on the lineups that are in the contest that are bad, the bad lineups, this one just tends to cash just a fraction more than the rest of the lineups in the contest. It do, it rarely ever wins first, but it comes in the top 20%, like 26% of the time. So like it's, it's barely profitable, but if you play that over a long period, you like, you'd, you'd get, you'd get a one, 2% return off of it. Right. Probably rarely go over a million times, you go a million, million times. And maybe you never, you rarely ever win, right? Because the line just doesn't have enough leverage. You're always tied with, so you're sharing too many points. But there's enough really low projected lineups in the contest that, hey, you come in the top 20%, like 26, 27% of the time. And it makes, and it makes up for that. So you min cash way more than you should on average. And that's where the profit of that lineup comes from. Now, is that the type of lineup that you want to play in the long run also? Not necessarily. Well, unless you want to spin your wheels, you're barely going to build your bankroll. So be very slow. You're going to have to spend 700 lifetimes in order in order to build a reasonable bankroll. But that lineup would still be profitable, right? Both lineups, if you were to, to describe them, look very different. But they both still can be plus EV. And then obviously, there's in between those two. Right, the um, the close to a cash lineup, but not really, just enough. You just like you're right there, where there's enough bad lineups in the contest where you could cash more often than not. Like if you were to play 150 of those, like you'd be spinning your wheels most of the time, right? You'd be making a small and one percent amount of money, like over a long period of time, and then it still includes some variance, obviously. You know, on the other side, you play lineups that are absurdly leveraged. You play tons of those, right? You're going to end up, you know, next thing you know, at the end of the season, you're like, where did all my money go? And it's like, yeah, yeah, you're going to win, you're going to win like on average once or twice a season. On average, once or twice a season. But all the other slates, you're just going to lose nearly all of your money. So it's like, oh, you better have a big enough bankroll because maybe you don't even win this season. And then you win four times the next season. Well, if you can't, you don't have enough bankroll for the next season, you're dead, right? You're done, right? Two plus EV lineups, two different expected values, and then everything that's in between. So think of the in-between of all of that. Something that is balanced a little bit more evenly, okay? So when we talk about these lineups and how you describe these lineups, so a description of a lineup would be an MLB. Like it's like, oh, two expensive pitchers, uh, a five-man stack, and three one-offs. And an ownership sum of 120, you know, like that, like that type of thing. And a projection of 102. Like those would be descriptive terms of a lineup. 
right? It doesn't say what players are in it or anything like that, but that's a descriptive term. Here, here's a lineup with uh, with uh, two mid-range pitchers or, or uh, a high, a high uh, an 11K pitcher and a 5K pitcher, an expensive five, four-man stack, a cheap three-man stack and a one-off. And it has a projection of 104 and an ownership of 138. Like that, those would be descriptive determinations of, of a lineup. How you how you would describe a lineup, okay? But descriptions are exactly what the definition is. They're descriptive. They're not. They're not. There's not. There's no descriptor like that of a plus EV lineup, other than the fact that there may be more frequent occurrences of certain descriptors. That encompass plus EV lineups. Okay, there's a difference. It's it sounds it sounds like I'm saying the same thing twice. Okay, it sounds like I'm saying this to say, like, okay, well, I could look at a plus EV lineup that is a you know five three lineup that has uh, ownership of one ten and a projection of one oh two and you go that's a plus EV lineup, and then you could go to another lineup that could be described the same way and it could be negative EV. You go to another lineup that described the same way and it could be plus EV. The, and, the, and the plus and the, the levels of expected positive expected value of those two lineups could also be different, right? But in the grant, if we took all possible lineups that you could make and then we put them into buckets of expected value, how will we describe each bucket? Okay. This is what I'm talking about by frequency, right? This, 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 is, this is a mathematical concept. You, 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 there's a thing called frequency analysis. So let's say there are some, I'm going to put it on the screen. Let's say there are six buckets, right? Let's say we're going to go, we're going to call, call this one plus plus EB. Plus plus e. Let me let me make this even smaller. I'm gonna need a. I think I'm gonna need a little bit more space. Right. Okay. Plus plus EV. Plus EV, and then we have minus EV, minus minus EV, and minus 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 EV. So like the levels, like we we just put them into like six buckets. Highly EV, mid range, right? Like prop. The plus EV would be slightly profitable. Minus EV would be slightly not profitable, right? Like that, that scale of these buckets, let's just say. And let's put descriptors of lineups in here. So let's say in the in the plus, plus, plus EV, right? Let's say I'm just going to, oh, okay. My font still doesn't change. Okay, now we're good. So let's say we use, we use just letters as descriptors. Okay, before we say like what what do the lineups look what are the actual descriptors are just to, to save time, right? So let's say there were five five descriptors and there was like A A A B B, right? So a level of something, like there are five variables, and there's a level of a couple of these, right? So let's say in the plus plus EV side, there was like A A A C, right? And then you got A A A B C. And you got A A B B B. You got A A A A A D. And you go A A A A F. You go A A B B 
We go A-A-B-B-B, right? A-A-A, you'll see why I'm doing this, C-D, right? So this, these are the, the high, the high, 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 plus, plus, plus EV lineups. Then we get the plus EV lineups. And maybe you get A-A-B-B-B-C. And you get A-A-B-C-C. And you get A-A-A-A-A. And you get A-A-A-B-C-D-E-F-F-G. And you get a a E F F maybe something like that. You get A B C B B B C or something something like that. B B C B right. Doing I'm I'm choosing the letters for a reason. Okay, so we go through we go through all this. Let let's I mean let's look the regular plus CV lineups like the ba- barely profitable. So you get A A A. G H, you get A A B H J, get A A C F G, you get A B B B B B H, get B B B C D. You get B B B B B or something, sub J maybe something like that. Okay, so how? So we're we're describing lineups like this is this is just these are the variables of a lineup. So A would be like high level of something, and as you go down in letters, it would be a less level of something, right? Of something, whatever variable it is, right? So you go to the negative EV lineups. And maybe you get a negative EV lineups of B, 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 H, J. We get B, 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 G, B, B, C, D, A. We get A, G, G, H, K, and A. E G K L. Right, we're going through, we're going through these. Okay, come on, move. I don't want to say BBC. No, get A A. Let's see, K L M N G R M R S T. And we also get C. C C C E, right? Something like this. So I hope you, I hope you see what I'm what I'm trying to show. Okay. So if we look here, is you go, okay, in the plus, in the plus, the highly EV lineups, the plus 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 EV lineup bucket. What is a common descriptor amongst them? Okay. What would be a common descriptor amongst all the lineups that you the the, the, the lineups that you see? A lot of A's, right? These variables that have A's, it's like AAA, 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 BBBB, right? AAA, 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 that the common, the common link would be that, well, the more, the more A's, 
that you have in the lineup, right? The more the the more likely, the more frequent there are lineups that are in this plus 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 EV bucket. Right? There are lineups. Look, look, in this second bucket that is slightly less EV, there are plenty of AAAA lineups also. Right? Look, there's here's an AAAAK. Here's an AAFG, right? Because AAAFG, right? Because it has it doesn't have as many B's or C's, and it, it went down to F's and G's. So if you just if you just said it's like, oh, how do I describe a plus EV lineup? And you go like, well, it has three A's. It's like, well, I could find lineups that have three A's at different in all these buckets at some point, right? In the minus EV bucket, it may be just like AAAA and then like Z. Something like that, like something that makes the lineup like not EV anymore. Like, like it's a hard, a hard, a variable that's so low that doesn't matter how much a, how many A's you got, that it's no longer a positive expected value, right? But if you were to say, I'm looking for, I'm just going to look for lineups that have four A's in it, you're more likely than not going to find highly EV lineups, right? You take a look at the B's and you go, well, positive EV lineups tend to have more Bs in them, right? But you, I, in this low bucket, I'm sure there's going to be a lineup that's like B, B, X, Y, Z, right? So you found a lineup that has two Bs in it, right? But it's not plus EV. But there are more lineups that have Bs in it that are plus EV, right? So you're not thinking in terms of the descriptor. You're thinking in terms of the frequency, Okay, so when someone says to me, let's turn this into like actual like lineup characteristics. Five man stacks in MLB. Okay, let's say, let's say there are on this slate, on whatever slate, there are, let's just say 10 million, 10 million possible lineups that you could make. There's probably way more. 10 million possible lineups that you could make. And out of a representative sample of, let's say you're playing a 20,000 entry GPP, entry GPP, there are, if there are, if we, if we say, if we say that based on what we could predict are going to be our, the other 19,999 lineups, right? If we could, if we could put together a set of 19,999 lineups that we would be competing against. How many of the 10 million lineups that are available are plus EV, are, are, would be profitable over a, you know, God knows how many large sample size? It's quite possible there are 100,000 plus EV lineups, right? Possible, 100,000 out of 10 million? Possible, maybe 50,000, I don't know, something. It really, it really depends on how how bad the lineups are that you're competing against. Well, let's say there's 100,000 plus EV lineups. Now, they're, they're obviously, they have different expected values and different payout distributions, right? Different variances, right? Different standard deviations, right? Some of, the, some of these lines, the, out of the 100,000 plus EV lineups, they will have descriptors of like, like how correlated they are, right? So that would be like five-man five man stacks. How, how, how ownership, Right? How owned they are. How what's their projection? Right? 
they're proje- like we, we've used it. Let's use it in the levers, right? Projection, correlation, and leverage. Right. So on a scale, right? These that's what these A's and B's are. So out of a hundred thousand plus EV lineups, right? If we go by by projection, right, and we have like levels of projection. Let's say the let's say the optimal lineup. If we just played the optimal cash lineup, it was like like a hundred, right? And then we have lineups at like ninety five, and then lineups at ninety, and lineups at eighty five, and lineups at eighty, and lineups at seventy five, and lineups at 70, right? Like something like that. Lineups at 65. Let's put them in even, even, even smaller buckets. Well, no, let's do it that way. Just a better representation. So you get the point across. 75, 70, 65, 60. Right. Let's do that. So out of these hundred thousand plus EV lineups, right? How many? I have a projection of around a around a hundred, which is close to the optimal. How many have ninety? A projection of around ninety-five, around ninety, around eighty-five, around eighty, around seventy-five, around seventy, around sixty-five, around sixty. Let's say let's start in the middle. Like out of the hundred thousand plus EV lineups, there are twenty, twenty, thirty thousand of them around ninety. Let's say there are 10,000 around 95. There are 5,000. I mean, I'm just making this up as an example. Maybe there's another 25,000 at 85. Maybe another, I just want to make sure that the math adds up. 15,000 at 80. So we got 15, 45, 45, 60, 85. We got this, we got this, or, you know, some, something something like this, right? So you see here, based on projection, out of these 100,000 possible plus EV lineups that you can make, right, 5,000, there are 5,000 of them that have a projection that's very close to optimal. That's within the five points or so, around 100. There's 10,000 around 95. There's 30,000 around 90. There's 25,000 around 85. There's 15,000 around 80. Once you get down to 60, once you get down to 40 points below, there, there are 500 lineups. Now, how many possible lineups have a projection of 60? Tons. Remember, there's like 10 million plus lineups that you could possibly make. And out of all of those possible lineups that you can make with a 60-point projection, there's 500 that are actually are plus EV. Now, I'm not saying how, how you know, it how they realize their EV, but they're, they're, they're 500 down there. So if I were to tell you, if I were to say to choose, and this is an, how much projection should I give up in order, in order to, for whatever, to, to find plus EV lineups? It's like, well, you don't have to give up much projection at all because there are 5,000 lineups that are available close within a point two or whatever, right? I'm making this as an example. I don't, I don't know the act, I'm not coming up with actual numbers. It's like, oh, there's like 5,000 up there. Right. But there's also tons of, there's there's, there's 50,000 other lineups that aren't. So like out of the 5,000 lineups that are available at plus, at that 100 projection, there are 50,000 possible lineups that have 100 projection. 
right? So out of the 50,000 possible, you could make it 100. Only five, only 10% of those, 5,000 are plus EV, right? At 95, there may be 50,000 possible lineups that you can make that have a 95-point projection, but only 10,000 of them are profitable. The other ones aren't. There are 50,000 lineups that you can make at 90-point projection, but 30,000 of them are profitable. So if you were to close your eyes and said, I'm going to make a lineup, if you made a lineup that had a, a, a projection of 90 or 85 to 90, you see here, based on the frequency distribution or the frequency analysis, that there's just more lineups, more plus, more, it's more probable you will be making a plus EV lineup if you have an ownership around here. It doesn't mean, doesn't mean that, oh, if I have a lineup with a projection of 87, I'm done. I'm good, right? That's, I gave up. I gave up 13 points in project. I'm good. Now, that lineup could not be one of the profitable ones. But it's more likely if you were to just blindly choose, well, I'm going to build a lineup at 87 points. Like you're more likely to come up with a plus EV lineup than say, I'm going to build a lineup with 65 point projection or one with a hundred point projection. There's, it's more frequent, right? The descriptor. More plus EV lineups have a description of that. Not all of them do. And it doesn't mean that that lineups that don't have that description can't be plus EV. It's just that there are there are more of them. We take a look at correlation, right? So we think in terms of, of correlation as, uh, you know, like the stack types, right? So let's say we have, you know, five, five, three, five, two, one, right? Five, one, 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 right? So we call those five ones. Four, 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 three. Let's four, three, four, twos, right? Three, three threes, three twos, right? Like something like that, right? If we, we talk, and then we even have like the two twos. And we have the two ones, right? We're just two guys and then a lot, a bunch of one-offs. So out of these 100,000 potential plus EV lineups, let's say we say that out of 100,000 plus EV lineups, uh, we'll say that uh, maybe... Ten thousand or five threes, and we say that twenty thousand or five twos, and thirty thousand. Right, we have to have less because there's going to be less five three lineups available, obviously, because of just how they fit together. Right, so let's say we say something like this. Let's say we put ten. Let's let's make it let's make it even bigger. 15,000, 25,000, 35,000, right? So that's, uh, we got 75,000 total lineups between that three buckets. Now we get another 70,000, 80,000, 80,000, 87,000, 92,000. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. $95,000 at something, something like this, right? Maybe 8K, 5K, 3K, 2K, 500, like something, something like this, right? So we take a look at correlation. Let's take a look at the frequency of the description of these lineups. So we see out of these 100,000 plus EV lineups that could be potentially made against this 20,000 entry GPP, out of the 10 million lineups that you could ever, that all the combinations of possible lineups, 15,000 are five threes. Five, five, a stack of five from one team and three from another team. 25,000 are a stack of five team and, and a stack of two. Right, five two. Thirty-five thousand are five ones. Ten thousand are four threes. Eight thousand are four twos. Three three. But how how many three three lineups can you make? Tens of thousands of them, but only five thousand of those are plus EV. Two one 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 lineups, right? We take a look, you know. Oh, I'm just gonna pick just ran bang my head against the keyboard type lineups. Oh, those lineups can't be plus EV. No, 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 there's 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 five hundred of them that actually are. You know how many of those lineups you could potentially make? That makes up half, half of the 10 million lineups that you can make. 500 of them will be profitable long-term. Good good luck figuring out which ones those are, but there are they're, they're 500 of them that, that, that are. So let's do the same, same type of mentality that we did before with the projection. If you were to just blindly say, I'm going to play a five-man stack. Well, 70% of the plus EV lineups can be described as five-man stacks. So you are more likely to be building a plus EV lineup with a five-man stack. Are there five-man stacks that are not profitable? Yes, 
There are lineups that include a five-man stack. Oh, it's a I'm gonna take I'm gonna take five A's. And it's not has it may not even have anything to do with the stack. You're like, I'm gonna take five, I'm gonna take five guys from this team, stack this team. I'm gonna play three one-offs that are horribly point per dollar, and I'm gonna play the two worst pitchers on the slate that project for four that are 10k or something. You look at that and you go, Yeah, that's it's a five-man stack, but it it's not it's not a plus EV lineup. Because of other factors, right? Because of the projection is still way too low or the leverage is way too high. The ownership is way too high. So we could do the same thing when it comes to comes to leverage, right? Like let's say ownership sums, if we want to use that. 150, let's let's use, you know, it's scales of ownership, right? I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it this way, right? 150% own, 130, 110, 90, 70, 50, 30, 10 as an example, right? So remember, we have these 100,000 plus EV lineups, right? So maybe we see that it's maybe look something more like more like this, right? Five, 5K close to 150. Then we get like 25K at one, 130, or let's say let's a 20, let's they get 20k at 130 and make it even less 50 15k and then we got 30k at 110 and 15k at there right we got 10,000 down here maybe 12,000 10,000 8,000 2,000 or something like this All right we say here that's like okay where are the bulk of the plus EV lineups? What, are the, what is their ownership sum? Well, it looks like it's somewhere around 110, right? So some like between like 90 and 130, even some 70s down here, right? So if you would have just blindly and just said, what's, a, what's an ownership sum? It's like you're more likely around this level, right? Are there lineups with, with an ownership sum that's really high? That are plus EV? Yes. There's just less of them. Are there are there lineups that have like a 10%, like you're playing like all 1% owned players? Yeah, they do exist. They're just very few of them, right? Out of this bucket of 100,000 plus EV lineups, only 2,000 of them can be described with that low of an ownership in this, you know, made up example, okay? Now, these are the three levers of DFS. So now you could combine the three together and you go, how many lineups have a projection of 75 that are five, one that have a 70% ownership, right? Like then now you could cross sample all three of them. And that's how you describe a lineup. So if you had this big bucket, right? This big bucket only you have 10 million lineups in there, right? You have a big, some huge bucket. Here's all 10 million. It's probably way bigger than that. And you know that 100,000 of them, right, which is only 1% of the lineups out of the 10 million, only 1% of the lineups in there are profitable, a plus EV in the long term. And you have to reach your hand in. You have to reach your hand in and go, I'm going to grab a plus EV lineup of any distribution, of any type of anything, just like, I want to play a lineup that if we played this late over a million times, I would be profitable. 
And you could use your hands to feel what the marbles or whatever, what the lineups look like, feel like, right? You go and you're moving your hand around. You go, I can't, they all kind of look the same, but I mean, I could see, I could sense certain things about the marbles, right? I could sense the projection of the marble. I could sense the correlation of the marble. I could sense the leverage of the marble, right? I could sense that. Like if you felt, if you felt a projection around 90, like it'd be more likely, right? In this example, I mean, not all the time. I'm just giving this, these are fake numbers as an example. There are more lineups that feel that way. Like, like I go through and I, and I feel all these balls, but I know that if I, if I feel around a 90, that's more likely to be plus EV. I feel that if it's a five man stack, it's more likely to be plus EV. I feel that if it's, you know, not too low owned, but not too high owned, that it's more likely to be plus EV. So you reach, you reach your hand in and you try to feel around for those three, for those three variables and you pull it out. Does it guarantee you that you pulled out a plus EV lineup? No, because there's plenty of lineups that have an 87 projection that aren't profitable. There are plenty of five-man stacks that aren't profitable. There, there are plenty of lineups at 90% ownership that are, aren't profitable. But there are more, based on the descriptions of plus EV lineups, there are more lineups available. You're more likely that when you pick one up with those three characteristics, that it's going to be plus EV. If you're going to go in and go, I'm going to start picking out 10% owned lineups that have all these one-offs and are 40 points below projection. Like, dude, you're going to be... Like, there are a lot of lineups that look like that. I'm going to tell you, this: out of the 10 million lineups, you're going to, you're going to feel and feel a lot of those lineups. You're going to feel lineups that are all one-offs, that project for 40 points below the optimal, that are only going to be 10%. They're all 1% owned plays. You're going to... You're ton, there are tons of them. Do you think that you could really find the the out of this cross section maybe the twenty lineups out of that bunch of like a million that are plus EV? I mean, if you have some precise way of doing so, maybe, but probably not. Probably when you when you go pick that 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 lineup out of that bucket, right? It's going to be a very low like you have a you know out of that that cross section there maybe is only twenty lineups out of a million that are profitable long-term said, are you lucky enough that you're such a fraction of a percent chance that that descriptor of a lineup is profitable long-term? The same could be said in the top end. It's like, Oh, I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick a, a, a high projection lineup that, that is, you know, a two, two lineup that a five with the 150% ownership. Right. It has like all the chalk in it. It's like, okay, there are not many of those lineups because it's just only a certain combination. It's not like they have a million of those lineups. There's like, there's like three, there's, there's what, like 10,000 of those looking lineups, five, 10,000. Well, it's a cross section. So you'd have to do, there's maybe 2,000 of those lineups, right? And they all look kind of the same. And it's like, are those, are those profitable? Probably not. Right? Out, out of those, there are some, but most, most aren't also. So it's like, this is thinking in terms of frequency frequency so when you ask it's like oh what's better a 5-3 lineup or a 5-2 lineup like well there are 5-3 lineups that are that are profitable there are 5-3 lineups that aren't profitable there are 5-2 lineups that are profitable there are 5-2 lineups that are aren't profitable 5-1-1-1 like like you're 
which one should I like? You can, dude, you can play a three, two lineup. I make fun of Dean right in the morning show on, on grinders live, which will be tomorrow, by the way, there'll be no, none of the, this show, there will be grinders live, which I'll be on with Dean tomorrow for the, for the early baseball slate. You can make three, two, one, one, one line. You can, you can, it's just, there's, there's less of them. Unless you have, unless you have a precise way, a precise methodology of determining the difference between a million plus three, two, one, 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 one lineups. Like the likelihood of you building a three, two, one, 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 one lineup without a precise methodology that will be plus EV is low. A couple of percent chance, right? They do exist, right? They do. I'm not saying they don't. It just exists at a much lower frequency than five-man stack lineups in MLB. Right. So if you were to just go in heuristically and say, well, I'm going to build, I'm going to build lineups that don't have too high of a projection, but also don't have too low of a projection, don't have too high of an ownership, but don't have too low of an ownership and have at least a five man stack, regardless if it's five, three, five, two, or five, one, the likelihood of you stumbling upon it being a plus EV lineup is very high. It's very high. Right. Because I'm describing like what 50 to 70% of all plus EV lineups look like. <laughs> like, so the likelihood of you building one is going to be way higher with those descriptors. It doesn't mean you can't build a plus EV lineup with, that don't have those descriptors. It just means that there are less lineups available that fit that description. So it's not a matter of, can you play one or the other? Would you rather play a four-man stack or or a three-three? Like you, dude, you could play a three-three lineup. I have no no problems about playing three-three lineups. Go ahead, play a three-three lineup that sacrifices thirty points in projection and is one percent on each. Right between this cross section, there's going to be lineups that are profitable that exist with that descriptor, but it's only going to be a certain combination. It's not going to be like, well, that's what it looks like. Well, it depends on the actual players. Right now, it's like, well, this lineup, this lineup with that descriptor with a Blue Jay stack, is slightly profitable, and this and the and this combination with uh with this pitcher and that and that thing is not right because one is slightly lower projected. Some one has a slightly higher combinatorial ownership compared to other lineups in the contest. And next thing you know, you have a slightly profitable lineup or slightly unprofitable. Like, do you have a way of determining the nuances of that? With most blunt methodologies, you don't. Okay? So when you're dealing with blunt methodologies, you want to you want to deal in the in the areas where you are more likely to be playing plus EV lineups just due to frequency. Just due to frequency. You could say you could even talk about frequencies in terms of players. Right, because I obviously I'm a lineups over players. We've been talking about lineup descriptions, but when someone says uh, that, oh, uh, this guy, this guy is over owned, that guy is under owned, this player is whatever, like, like this, I, I can't play this player. Like this, this player has too low of a projection. I go, it doesn't mean he can't be in a plus EV lineup. Yeah, but his projection is like you know a pitcher with a projection of eight. Right, for an 8K pitcher with a projection of eight, when there are other 8K pitchers that have projections of like 18. You go, oh, okay, no one's going to play that guy. 
Yeah, but there are plus EV lineups that have that guy. There's just very few of them, right? So there's a difference between saying, I can't play that guy because he's poor projected or he's too high owned, right? When we say too high owned, over owned, what exactly are we saying? We're saying something in terms of this frequency. If I if we look at a, a pitcher and he's 48% owned, right? And we go, oh, that's over for his, and we look at his projection. He's like, he's not even the best projected pitcher. And you go, oh, he's 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 over owned. What does that mean in, in mathematical terms if we're referring to frequency analysis? What we are saying is that the amount of plus EV lineups that that pitcher is in is less than the amount of lineups that are going to be represented in this contest. So if we built out these 100,000 plus EV lineups or whatever, and we said the descriptor that we're looking for is this pitcher, right? That we're talking about, whatever. Zach Gallen, who knows? You go, how many of these 100,000 plus EV lineups have Zach Gallen? And you go, okay, 24% of them have Jack Allen. It's like, well, this guy's going to be on 48%, right? So the contest in and of itself as a sample set has 48% frequency of Zach Allen when the representative sample of plus EV lineups only has his frequency being 24%, which means he is overrepresented in our 20,000 entry GPP. Okay. So that that's essentially what we mean. Under own would be the opposite of that. Let's say, let's say he, in our, in our hundred thousand plus EV lineups, he's in 24% of, of all plus EV lineups that you can make. And he, his representation in the contest that you're playing is he's 12%. He's underrepresented. So by playing him more frequently than the representation, you're giving yourself your portfolio of lineups an exploitative advantage due to frequency. And the opposite is, is true with, with the other regard, if they're over-owned. By being under the field in your portfolio, you are coming closer you're well. You're at that point. You're exploiting the representation of a player in the rest of the field's lineups. Now, with someone like Nerdy Tanner that we see here in the chat often in the morning, he looks to have a frequency that matches, right? Which can't be exploited. So, like his lineups and players, his portfolio is going to try to basically look at the representation of these hundred thousand plus EV lineups and have a snapshot. Of, of at, in that 150, that 150 represents what the proper frequency of lineup should be in this 20,000 entry GPP. That's essentially what he's trying to do, which is incredibly difficult, right? And obviously, he can't be perfect doing so. So, if a guy is supposed to be represented in this 100,000 plus EV lineups at 22%, Someone like him would be playing 22% of his lineups with that player. Regardless of how they're owned, regardless of how they're owned, just purely based on frequency. 
So this is how you should be thinking in your head. You don't have to do that. You don't have to like, oh, how many plus EV line? How many? How do I figure out how many lineups there are? There? No, I'm talking about conceptually. When you go, okay, do, do I play Jimmy Butler tonight or do I play whoever? Clay Thompson? I don't know. I'm, I haven't paying attention to the NBA much. You go, well, you can play either. Play whichever one you want. But based on the projection, correlation, and leverage of that lineup, either that lineup is more likely to be represented or less likely to be represented. More frequently exist in plus EV lineups or less frequently exist. It does, it's not yes or no. You can take any player on today's baseball slate, right? On today's MLB slate, any, any player that is in a starting lineup can be played in a plus EV lineup. Any at any player doesn't matter. Does not matter their projection whatsoever. Does not matter their their ownership whatsoever. Right? You can play the lowest projected player. Play a guy that's four point four point projected, whatever. Let's say let's say he's twenty percent owned for no apparent reason. Right? The field is just lunacy. That that player could still be in a plus EV lineup. There's just let there's just way less of them. There's just way few of them. Right, because you'd have to balance out the fact that it's such a low projection, it's such a high ownership. You'd have to find the most under-owned players and add the most amount of correlation in order to boost up your lineup to get past the line of profitability. Which means there's going to be less of those lineups. There's only so many ways that you could do that. The same thing exists on the other side. If you're going to go and jam in your cash lineup with eight one-offs and the two 60% owned pitchers, you go like, well, that lineup's not profitable either. Well, why? Because it's way too high projected and way too high owned. Doesn't have any, doesn't have enough leverage. It's way too high. It's not, it's not correlated. Are there lineups that have that description that are plus EV? In certain senses, yeah. But not that lineup. An eight one-off lineup with eight 1% owned players that have a 10 point lower than optimal projection. Maybe there are line, maybe there are a couple of lineups like that look like that, that it could actually be profitable without the correlation. There just aren't many of them. So if you came to me and said, I want to build one of these lineups, my first question is, uh, do you have a precise way of determining if that eight one-off lineup is one of the profitable ones? And they go, No. I said, then I would suggest you not play it. <laughs> I would. I would suggest you not do it because the frequency, the chances of you you building it non-precisely is going to be very small. Same way as throwing in your cash lineup. It's like, oh, I'm going to throw my cash lineup and I'm going to play, I'm going to play all the chalky players and everything. And you look and you, the lowest on player in your lineup is 38% owned or something, something like that. And you go, the chances of that being a profitable lineup is, is low. Like, why did you, why did you, it, some, maybe sometimes it is profitable but it's not often long-term profitable and when when it profits it's profiting with a min cash it's not even with a first place or anything so it's less likely you should be playing that do i know which times are which no i don't i don't have a precise methodology of determining that but i do know the frequencies right Go sim. you can simulate out frequencies of all these types of variables you can go and pull Go pull CSVs for all the contests, okay, the large field count, whatever contest you're playing, and then run, then run, then run, run a basic. I mean, you're gonna have to create it. Not you can't just go in Excel and just randomly pick stuff. 
But you have to add the correlation coefficients and everything and run all of this. And you'll see that there are more plus EV lineups that fit those descriptors. But there's still plus EV that there could be 30% of lineups that don't fit that descriptor at all. But these are all these other descriptors. Just it's more likely you are building a lineup that have these that these heuristics, like I use that word all the time. That's your mentality. How much projection should I give up for X amount of ownership? Well, there are lineups. If I would have told you, uh, you give up 10 points. Let's say what I told you. You give up 10 points in projection, and you want to make sure you have half the ownership of the optimum. Let's say if that, if that was even possible. Let's just, I'm just making it up. And you go, okay. I'm like, dude, I'm just saying that because you're more likely to get plus EV lineups, and that doesn't mean that every lineup that fits that descriptor is. Right. I'm giving you an I'm giving you an, an answer, an answer that isn't accurate. That's why I don't say it. When you say, how much rejection do I give up for ownership? How much correlation do I need in whatever like that? The reason why I say play whatever you want and all that, because technically it's incorrect if I answer the question yes or no. It's incorrect. It depends on the line. But the correct answer is it depends on the lineup. That is the correct answer. Yes, heuristically, lineups that look like that are more likely to be plus EV. Doesn't mean that that one is, no. So the itself, right, from a technical, from a purely technical perspective of like, I'm only going to build lineups that, that describe like this. That doesn't necessarily mean you're building plus EV lineups. It's more likely that you are, but it doesn't mean that you are. And you're also limiting yourself from lineups that don't describe, don't have that descriptor that you could be building also. But if I told you that that in proportion, there are more lineups that are five, like in, 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 in small field contests, there are more proportion of plus EV lineups that are just five, three lineups. Oh, well, I'm only going to play five, three lineups. You, you probably can't go wrong, right? Because you're more likely to build plus EV lineups that are five, three in small field. Yeah, but they're going to be lineups that win that are 4 3, 4 2, 5 1. They're going to be, and you're going to look at how did that lineup win? No, I'm, just, I'm not, I didn't say the line, those lineups can't win. I'm just saying there's less, there's less frequency of them. That's it. That's it. That's all it means. So thinking in terms of frequency, how frequent does this happen? How frequent, how much frequency in a contest so does this player exist? This type of lineup exists. Means you're getting out of this mentality, this this non-probabilistic mentality, because you think in these terms of like, uh, uh, Zach Allen throwing eight strikeouts or something or whatever, whatever prop it would be, and you go, is is Zach Allen going to throw over six and a half strikeouts today, or whatever, whatever it happens to be? It's not a yes or no answer, right? Because you shouldn't be thinking of it as a yes or no answer. You should be thinking of it. What's the probability of him throwing over? How many outcomes are over six and a half strikeouts? And then what are you getting paid for? Right? Is he going to throw six and a half strikeouts today? Well, based on projections, it is more likely than not. Based on projections, uh, we uh, the projection says that he will throw seven or more strikeouts uh, 57% of the time. That's it. So if you had to choose... Between one of the two, this, and we have this outcome set, right, of him going out and throwing baseballs 100,000 times, 57% of these outcomes, which is like 57% of these lineups, have seven-plus strikeouts. 
So when he goes out and throws only four strikeouts, you'd be like, the projection's done wrong. 43% of the outcomes were under seven strikeouts. Like that, that's all that, all that, that's all that what a projection means, right? All you're seeing is the middle number of a, of an outcomes, a set of outcomes, the same way with these A's and B's and these descriptors, same thing. It's all based on frequency. So the more that you think probabilistically, the less that you're going to be going, entering, you know, playing DFS and approaching it from an aspect of, of, what what is the exact type of lineup I need to make in order to be more likely to win, or to win, not even more likely to win? Does it have to? Do I have to have low owner this low ownership, or how how what's the level? There's no there's no answer to those questions. There are some very low owned lineups that are heavily plus EV. There's some very low owned lineups that are horrible. There's some correlated lineups that are horrible, as well as ones that aren't or ones that are low projected that actually have enough leverage and correlation that they're more profitable than ones that are higher projected. I mean, you have to think in those terms that there are all these levers and variables. There's no such thing as like, as long as I move the levers and leave them like this, I could do that for every slate. Like you can't. That's what makes DFS DFS, especially if you do not have a precise methodology of doing so. So I hope this 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 was explanatory enough. <clears throat> a lot of these, a lot of these are, you know, I do this, and then when someone asks me a yes or no question or something, I can then now point them to to this video, right? Because we we we, we tag them down. So if you have a question that may, I may have answered it already, right? Doesn't mean I won't answer it again. You could always go through the past YouTube videos. Roto Grinders pregame show. I have I have a playlist on my on my own channel. There's a playlist on the Roto Grinders YouTube channel, and you can search search for what any type of term or go through. We started laboring them starting uh, starting this year. Go through and watch them. So hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door. Give me those thummy thumbs. Right, you like the the math lessons in the morning, right? Right, so, oh, you're going to talk about sports. No, did we talk about sports? No, because DFS is really, it's really not about sports. It's more about math, right? And it doesn't have to be, this isn't like fancy, fancy math. Like, oh, you got to do, you got to do the quadratic equation or whatever. I'm just going back to, you got to get your log charts out or something. You, you don't got to do any of that. Just have to understand and grasp basic mathematical concepts. That's it. Once you grasp basic mathematical concepts, <clears throat> you could approach building lineups in DFS in a much more profitable way than you were doing before, previously. Does it guarantee? No, it just makes it more likely. More, You will win more likely. Doesn't mean you will. It just, it's just more likely to happen. More likely to be profitable over the long, over a long period of time. I talk about all this type of stuff in the theory of daily fantasy sports. I had to think like a professional DFS player, as well as the theory of DFS for advanced players. I don't apply profitable DFS strategies in a systematic, repeatable, and time-efficient way, which includes the custom Excel tools that James McCool has developed and I've shown on the show multiple times. So 
Go check those out. Go, go If you want a structured version, like the types of concepts that I talked about today, just go to theoryofdfs.com and get both courses. All right, you have 21 hours of audio and Excel tools that I use, and you're done. You're done. Everything else is, I, I explain all this stuff on the show. All right, if you want to go through all the shows, feel free to do so also. That'll cost you nothing. All right, if you want one little... Reference guide, go to theoryofdfs.com. Send in your questions. Remember, I will be going away from May 15th to May 31st, right? So we got tomorrow is Grinders Live. There won't be any of this show. You'll see my face on the thumbnail, but it'll be on Grinders Live with Dean. Thursday, we have another one of these shows, right? Okay, send in your questions. Questions at theoryofdfs.com. Then Friday, we'll uh, do the MMA, the first look MMA for, uh, for the UFC card this, this weekend. And then I'll be gone for two and a half weeks. So while I'm gone, send in your questions. Send in your questions. So when I get back, I have, I have, st- I have stuff to talk about. Okay, questions at theoryofdfs.com. Hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door and I will see you. I will, I will, I will technically see you tomorrow for Grunders Live. But then on Thursday, you'll, you'll see me again answering your DFS strategy questions like I always do here on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.